So I might have done a dumb thing. And the dumb thing is that I said, you know, what are, are some of my kids' favorite movies? Let's just do those. Well, then I started watching Moana, and 12 times later, I think I figured it out. You'll have to tell me. Um, but I've got a couple of questions for you, and these, I think, are the, the big overarching questions that I want you to think about as we go through this movie, and it is, where did I come from, and where am I going? And these are our questions that I think resonate with us as people. They're questions that we want to know the answer to. And there's, there's a piece of the story that all of a sudden we discover when we discover a piece of our history that we didn't know. So one Halloween, I, I dyed my hair black. Not necessarily a good idea. I went goth. It was fantastic, but it didn't come out. And my hair kind of turned this weird brown and... I remember I was at my grandma's funeral, and some of my great aunts come up and said to me, said, you look like your grandpa Menno. My grandpa Menno that I'd never met. And and so I remember looking in the mirror and thinking, well, this is what my grandpa looked like. And there was something that, that, that touched me about that and knowing that and knowing someone that I haven't met and won't meet this side of heaven. Okay, this is where I come from. We want to know that, and it gives us an idea about where we're going. And underneath that question is, who am I meant to be? Who am I meant to be? We want to know that, and we want to find out who we are. And and that's the questions that this movie wrestles with. As we get into this movie, I've I've got some disclaimers. There's actually a lot of them. Um, And one of the challenges is, is when Pastor Brad preached on the ones that he did, they were so far off from from God's story. There was a lot of good symbolism and beauty in the beast. There, there was symbolism that you could connect, but it wasn't close enough that it became come discomfortable. And I think that was one of my biggest challenges with Moana is that there's a lot of the stuff in the movie that's so close, but so wrong at the same time. And so that's a big challenge to overcome. Sometimes it's easier to talk about stuff that's way out here and connect it to Jesus and what we believe than something that's a little bit closer. And so I wanted to lay out some of these disclaimers as we got started. Uh, the first one is all analogies break down. Uh, you know, you talk about the analogies for the Trinity. Those are, of course, the worst because there's no way to make sense out of that one. Um, you know, you can't do the apple thing or the water thing. They all kind of fall apart. And the same is true when we're talking about movies and Jesus. All analogies break down. Another challenge with this movie is this movie is full of ancestral worship and animism. And those are two things that that we would say, you know, that's not what we believe in as followers of Jesus. And there was something really interesting about this. And so the interesting piece to this story is the Pacific Islanders, for about 2,000 years, explored the Pacific, finding island after island and settling it. And then they suddenly stopped for no reason, for about a thousand years, and then they started again. And this story is actually trying to fill in that gap and say, what happened, why did they stop, and why did they start again? And so I think that was kind of interesting. The other thing is, there is a lot of Exodus imagery in this movie. I don't know what to do with it, but there you go, that's it. Uh, <laughs> Next is that that, that what isn't included in this movie that I thought was very interesting is 
faith in Jesus is central to Pacific Island culture. They actually found a Pacific Island girl that, that plays the lead role, that sings the lead role. And one of the things that the people they're interviewing, they actually got a team of Pacific Islanders to help them make the movie. And they said, all the kids sing. Because church is such a central part of our culture. And of course, it's Hollywood, it's Disney, and so they didn't say Christian church, they didn't say Jesus, but as I'm watching the footage in the background, I'm seeing the church and there's crosses. It was a Jesus church. And then I saw the image in the stained glass of the land portrayed as slain with the cross. I'm like, okay, these, they're talking about faith in Jesus and they're Christian, and so that story is, is their story. And so that's kind of floating in the background of all this, which I thought was really interesting because of course it doesn't come up in the movie at all. One of the other directions, and after I've done this, there's other people that have come up and said, you could have gone this direction with it too, or this direction. I'm like, yeah, 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 I could have. There's a lot of different directions. Um, one of the things that's captured in here is, is Moana's uh, deep discontent in her song, How Far I'll Go. And her singing is one of the best parts of this movie. It is a, a fantastic movie, if just for that. And I'm only going to give you one of her songs because we'd be here for like an hour if we did all those songs just listening to me. And thought, you know, the movie's good, but you got other things. And it's on Prime. You can go watch it. Um, and that deep discontent can be reflected both in a positive way, knowing that we're meant for something more than what we're living, or it can be reflected in a, in a negative way, like, hey, God has provided for us. He's given us all we need. He's given us all these blessings. And sometimes we're still discontent, right? So that's one of the other things. And one of the things that's, that's problematic and challenging about this movie, I think in ways it pushes against our Western culture in a good way, because we live in a disposable culture. Everything is disposable in our lives now. Uh, we're in the islands. Nothing goes to waste. They don't have anywhere to put trash. So they use everything, and they're very careful about how they use everything because otherwise the island would quickly fill up with junk. But here in this movie, nature is deified, worshipped. And it's one of those things that it's so close to the truth but also so far off at the same time. I mean, one of the first commands that God gives man is to care for the garden. We are called as God's people to take care of creation. But we're to worship the creator, not the creation. Okay, enough of the disclaimers. Let's get started with the movie. Uh, we'll start with the opening clip. Oh, I love that. Moana just transfixed right there in the front. So there you've met our, our lead heroine, our lead character in this movie. But did you hear it? Did you catch the story that was hiding in there? Didn't it sound like maybe an, a, another story that you've heard from Genesis chapter 1? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. That was our story. Uh, Tafiti was added in, and other things were added in, but that's the story of the Bible. That's our story depicted in another form. And, and of course, the story continues, and it talks about man being placed in the garden. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living, living being. 
Now the Lord God planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river of water, the garden flowed from Eden. You have this image of this beautiful, wonderful creation where everything is wonderful, everything is great. And then Maui's really this interesting character because he's also a good guy, but he also kind of represents Satan in this story. And he's kind of redeemed at the end of the story, but you see the picture. He's crafty. He tries to grab the power for himself just like man tried to grab God's power for themselves. But what happens when you cut yourselves off from the author of creation and try and take his control, his power in your own hands? You cut yourself off from the author of life and all of creation spirals out of control. Or as Grandma Tala said, inescapable death. And darkness starts to spread. Genesis chapter 3 verse 19, by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you are taken, for dust you are, and dust you shall return. It's our story. It's our story that begins in this beautiful, wonderful garden where everything's the way it's supposed to be, but then it gets ruined. But what do we do to try and answer that story? I mean, we've tried all kinds of ways to answer it, and the, the part that I didn't show is shortly after that, the chief busts onto the scene and says, there's no darkness, there's no death, there's no monsters. It's all okay, we're safe here. Nobody goes beyond the reef. We're safe on the island. Does our culture ever try and say that? You're safe right here. <laughs> After the first service, somebody came up to me and says, you know, there's two kinds of fairy stories. He said, all fairy stories are true. I, you know, I believe what you said there, but there's a, another way that fairy stories start. And it says, it starts with these words. When I'm elected, I promise. <laughs> and those ones are never true. You see, see, one of the things that has happened is that there is this, this evolutionary optimism that, that has infected our culture. And it started in the 1880s. And it was kind of the, the thing of the time. Everybody thinks Darwin really created something. He just put into science what the, the spirit of the age was. The spirit of the age was humankind was going to get better and better. I mean, you gotta think about what's going on at that point in time. People have moved from traveling by foot and by buggy to cars, and now you have electricity. You have all these wonderful things that you never had before. You have flushing toilets. You have water inside. Life is just going to get better and better. The myth of progress. As much as we think the world's going to get better, that it's safe, that it's wonderful, if we just work a little bit harder that it really hasn't turned out to be true, has it? We can get so far, but the world's still broken. There was this guy's name, who I'm not gonna try and pronounce, who tried to, to mix God into this evolutionary optimism thing and, and, and say, well, this is really what God's doing. He's at, at, at working in all of this, and we're gonna reach this Christ Omega point when everything's wonderful, and we're gonna have heaven on earth, and we're gonna have this utopia. 
but it doesn't work. It doesn't work because it can't deal with the problem of evil. And it can't deal with the problem of evil for a a couple of different reasons. Uh, First, you have that slide, Kevin. It can't stop it. Progress can't stop evil. No matter how much we progress, there's people that find new ways to make evil. I mean, think of the internet. A thing that does so much for us almost causes so many problems in our worlds and in our lives. The more things move forward, the more they move back at the same time. The other problem with it, especially when you throw God in the mix, is the moral problem of evil. What do you say to the person that dies today being tortured to death that the golden age is arriving tomorrow? It it, it can't deal with that. And, And what kind of a God would build his perfect utopian future on the bones and ashes of people in the past? Think World Wars, think Auschwitz. Think all these horrible things that have happened in our world. You can't deal with the moral problem of it. And finally, it ultimately, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It can't solve evil retrospectively. It can't erase the problem. It can't erase the stain. No matter how good we get, we always remember the broken past. The cross. The cross is God's yes to humanity and his no to evil. The cross is God's way of intervening into the world and saying all that is evil and wrong is in fact wrong. It is broken and only I in coming into this creation can fix it. It's his no to everything that is wrong and then it's yes to you. His yes to his creation. His yes to I'm going to redeem and restore all things. But Moana hasn't been told the whole story. She hasn't been told all the stories of her people. And so Grandma Tala takes her to show her this cave that's hidden on the island, a a cave that's been blocked with rocks, and shows her the other story, the story that she's been missing. And that's where the movie picks up. Moana runs back to her father, who father who, who has crossed the reef, who longed to be on the sea just like she does, but when he went out, his ship got wrecked in a storm, and his best friend drowned. And so he's reinforced, doubled down on what the ancestral chiefs have said, no going beyond the reef, no matter what, and especially he doesn't want his daughter to go there. So she bursts on the scene and says, our island's dying, we've got to go do this thing, we've got to take the heart back to Tafiti. And he says, no one goes beyond the reef. Some other things happen. You'll have to watch the movie. And she goes on this great adventure. She goes on this great adventure. A girl who's never sailed beyond the reef sails in this little canoe out into the wide, wide ocean by herself, except for the chicken, played by Hey Hey and Alan Tadek, who is the only Juilliard-trained actor in the whole movie, which is fantastic. We long for adventure, for purpose, for meaning. And so as we see her going on this great adventure, it connects with something deep inside us saying, I want to do something of meaning and purpose in my life. I want to have an impact. I want to do something. But oftentimes when we take off on those adventures, 
we come to the end of ourselves, don't we? Things don't turn out as we planned. That's exactly what happens to Moana. She goes through all these obstacles, finding Maui, convincing Maui to get on her boat and not leave her on the island. They, They fight these little coconuts. Can't remember what they're called. And then other things, and it's this great, great story of challenge and adversity and adventure. But they get to Tafiti, and they try and take the island by might and by strength, and it doesn't work out. Things come up short. Let's play clip five. Oftentimes, we face great challenges. We come to the end of ourselves. Have you ever been there? Ever been in that place where everything that you thought was going to work out, everything you thought you hoped for has seemed to come to nothing in your hands? Relationships that fell apart. A job that wasn't what you hoped for. An adventure, a a trek that you set out upon and find that you're somehow lost in the middle of nowhere and you have no idea about how to get back to where you came from. I know that I've been there. Been in that place where it seems that I have nothing, that nothing's going for me, or, or I've lost that one thing that I thought made me who I was and felt like nothing. It's then, it's then that we need someone to remind us of who we are, which is exactly what happens next in the movie. Play clip six. And more importantly, whose we are. The enemy is going to come to us. He's going to say, you can't do it. I told you, you don't have it within you. I've told you, you don't measure up. You're not good enough. And we need to be reminded of who we are and whose we are. We are redeemed child of our Heavenly Father, bought and purchased with the blood of Jesus, forgiven and free. And he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And the enemy is going to come to us and say, I told you God doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you because if, if he did, this wouldn't be happening. And that's when the Spirit reminds us of the cross. Reminds us that because of the cross, that, that whatever is the reason for behind what is going on right now, the reason can't be that God doesn't love you. And more than that, because of the cross, you can be assured That whatever is going on in your life, God is working through it. Because as the disciples fled from that cross, and the the moment that the worst possible thing that ever could have happened in the history of the world was happening, God was doing his greatest good for all of creation. So you can know that God is at work. God is at work because of Jesus in your heart and your life and working even the worst thing out for your good 
You might not see it this side of heaven, but you have a God who is faithful. Amen. Luana, reminded of who she is, journeys on to Tafiti without Maui, without the thing that she thought she needed. Of course, Moana, uh, Maui shows up, comes to save her, and she discovers that Tafiti is gone. The place she is trying to get to is missing. And that's where we're going to pick up and, and finish our clips this morning. Here we have a portrayal of the Creator God going on, down into darkness to rescue humanity and the world from the spreading darkness. And of course, it doesn't get the story quite right. But the story is one in weakness, not in strength. It's won by God descending into his creation to restore and redeem all things. And, and did you hear the echoes of the story that we know? Did you hear the echoes of our story from Revelation chapter 22? Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side the river of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face. And his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night nor darkness. They will not need a light of a lamp or the light of the sun. The Lord God will give them light and they will reign with him forever and ever. The story begins in a garden. And it ends in a garden city with all God's people living together with him. This is our story as followers of Jesus and this is our hope. That, that everything that is wrong with our world is going to be made right in Jesus. And one day Jesus is going to come and stamp out all the evil, all the darkness, and make everything right. And we are going to live with him forever. In the meantime, in the meantime, knowing our future, we have an adventure to live, an identity to live out from Matthew chapter 12, verses 48 through 50. He replied to them, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. We've got an adventure to live. And we're going to talk about that next week as we look at it through the eyes of Tangled. I want to close uh, with this prayer uh, from Sir Charles Drake and from uh, Desmond Tutu, and then Pastor will come forward. Pastor Brad will come forward and lead us in some prayers. Disturb us, O Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little, because we have sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, O Lord, when with the abundance of the things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the water of life. When having fallen in love with time, we have ceased to dream of eternity. And in an effort to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of heaven to grow dim. 
Stir us, O Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture into wider seas, where storms show thy mastery, where losing sight of the land we shall find the stars. In the name of him who pushed back the horizons of our hopes and invited the brave to follow. In the name of Jesus, amen.